Hello, hello, and welcome once again to a Beatles show that we call Things We Said Today. This is a weekly show in which we talk about what's going on news-wise in the world of the Beatles. I'm Ken Michaels, one of the co-hosts of the show, and some of you know me for this other Beatles program that I host called Every Little Thing, which is syndicated around the country. And it's also heard as a live broadcast on WNHU Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 Eastern Time. And I'm being joined by my co-host on the show, the man who writes for Beatles Examiner and many Examiner columns, that being Steve Marinucci. Hi, Steve. Hi, Ken. You sound wonderful today. I don't know what, what's <laughs> what's so different. <laughs> I don't know. Should we tell them? Yeah, maybe we should tell them. Um, uh, we're doing this on Skype. Yeah. So this is all new territory for us. So actually, I think we sound much better this way. I do. I do, too. I think it's, and yeah, it is. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. We're, no, we're novices at this at the moment, but, uh, you know, cro- cross our fingers and hopefully it'll sound this good for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, we should we should say that for technical reasons, we don't do it this way because of the setup that we're in. But we're doing it this way today for, I guess, time, is it time purposes? Is that the reason? Or Yeah, I guess you can say that. Yeah, so... Um, that's why we don't do this more often this way. I, personally, I would love to do it this way all the time. But anyway, let's, enough of that. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Okay. Yeah. I thought we'd talk about two different things, although same subject, and that's touring. Uh, the first one being about Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sure everyone who's listening knows, after canceling his Japanese shows and the one show in Korea, he actually canceled all of the U.S. shows in the month for the month of June in the United States. Well, so, he, didn't can, he didn't cancel them. He postponed them. They, well, re, they were rescheduled to October, right. which, unlike the Japanese and Korean shows, which have not been rescheduled yet, these were. Um, and they did it immediately. They did not, interestingly enough, they did not um, um, reschedule them in order. They're not in ex- in the exact order, but they were all re- all the American shows were rescheduled, and I can just imagine had the shows been completely canceled, what it would have been like. So what happens now is that the Albany New York show in July is going to be the first one in the U.S. and I I believe that's the one you're going to, isn't it? That's right. Yep. So, so I'm hoping that it stays that way. Yeah, that's the big question now. And there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of speculation. And I and I underline that word speculation because nobody knows, you know, exactly what happened. There's a lot of theories of what happened to him in Japan and what he might have had. But as far as the official word goes, it's a virus and nothing more than a virus. But the the fact that well consider the fact that McCartney is over 70 i mean that's that's the big deal here i mean he's not young as much as we would all like to think he's young even though he is in very good health when you're over 70 this, these kinds of things can be very serious absolutely and, yeah. and the first and the first picture i think you saw the the first picture of him and Nancy uh, in london after uh, he got back to London, you could see he, he looked he looked tired, and um, yeah. so it wasn't a big big surprise. Uh, even though, you know, I I mean I hoped 
that he was going to be uh, he was going to be able to start the tour on time. But I was I, I remember telling um, a friend on the phone that I really kind of wouldn't be surprised if something was postponed. And 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 I'm, so I'm not totally shocked, and I don't think anybody should be shocked because. Like I said, he's he's over seventy. He's going to be seventy-two, and uh, so. Well, our main concern has to be his health, and uh, exactly. And, and his doctors told him to rest it out a little bit more. So he's 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 playing it smart. He's doing exactly what the doctors tell him to do. And the really good sign about all this, and and unfortunately, when these things happen, and also because of his age, uh, you know, all kinds of rumors spread. And God, you don't yes. know what to believe. And the mere fact that he rescheduled these dates for October is the best sign possible because it means he intends to continue with the touring. And it also shows how much he's concerned about the fans, too. You well, know, and, the, and, and the other thing, too, is he waited until late to, re to announce the rescheduling. Although, according to one newspaper report, he waited. The, the announcement to the promoters didn't happen uh, or, ha or happened a half hour before the public announcement was made. So they didn't get any advance word. And in fact, I, uh, I remember looking on the website the day before and noticing that the, that the dates were still there. They were apparently, according to what I read somewhere, they were pulled off the site early in the morning. And everybody and there were and still nobody kind of figured that something was going to happen but that's when they were they were pulled off early monday morning of the day the announcement was made and then everything went back up you know after the announcement so they waited until the last minute which may or may not be you know an indication that he wasn't sure if he should postpone he or they were trying to uh, stall people as long as possible. I would like to think that they waited as long as possible because McCartney, you know, didn't want to, as he said in the in the statement, he wanted to listen to his doctors and, um, you know, so. Uh -huh. But we don't know, and it, it, you know, there was no, there was everything was quiet, and everybody noticed how quiet it was, and everybody was concerned, and and you know, with good reason, but. So it, it, it's hard to say, you know, I, I, you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, it's, it's a great sign that he did reschedule and that, you know, the announcement was made fairly soon after hearing about the cancellations of the, the June dates. And he may, and he's making good on every single venue. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. The, the, again, though, the, the Japanese and the South Korean show has, have not been rescheduled as of right now when we're talking so you know who knows what's going to happen there um he will have between august 14th when the when the candlestick show happens or is supposed to happen and october to figure out what he's going to do there so he's got those two months right to go assuming of course that none of the other shows get pushed back which you know as of right now we don't know and there's no you know Obviously, as we get close to July, you know, we'll see what happens there. So, mm -hmm. Well, you know, the number one concern, as we said, has to be his health. That's what we should all be concerned about most of all. 
this is someone who has given us so much through the years, and when he gives a concert, it's two and a half hours plus, so that's very grueling on the body. I'm kind of wondering, you know, once once he he returns to playing on July the 5th, if this is going to affect in any way the length of his show? You know, probably won't, because I know that Paul wants to give you 100%. You know, you're, you're, you're going to a show you're expecting to see, because Paul's been doing this since the 75-76 the tour. He's put on two-and-a-half-hour shows, you know, and I think that he's very proud of that fact, that he wants to give people their money's worth. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether it's on this tour or in the future if he's going to scale it back in any way and give you either shorter programs or less dates, which is only or, natural as you get older. So, or, or do what Ringa does and take a couple of breaks during the show, which he does not do. Um, that would be very interesting if he, say, for example, gave Abe a drum solo or <laughs> gave, gave Rusty a long guitar solo. Which again, you know, which you're uh, just talking about guitar solo. Most of these most of these guys have recorded songs of their own, right? You know? I mean, uh, Brian Ray's got his band with the Bayonets. He's putting out music. Rusty Anderson has made albums by himself. You know, Abe Laboreal's mm-hmm. made recordings by himself. You know, they could all do a song, but um, this is all speculation on our part. I'm just saying that because of his age, and it's only natural. You know, we're not we're not being mm-hmm. critical in any way that. You know, over time, you you gotta you gotta either cut back on the shows or you gotta make them shorter. It wouldn't right. be a big sin, you know, if all of a no. sudden he he did only a two-hour show, <laughs> you know. No. Uh, so no, no, you, no, you're right. No, and but what I was what I was referring to about the band members taking getting an extra spot was not playing their music, but for example, in one of the in one of the Paul songs. Oh, okay. Taking taking an ex- extended, like I said. With Abe taking an extended solo somewhere, or with with Rusty uh, doing something, um, uh, with Brian doing something. I mean, they're all uh, established players, and they could very well, you know, have a spotlight in the show. Sure. Um, but that's just a you know that's just a thought. Or the show could end up, like you said, being shorter. Um, that could happen too. It's you know we don't know what's gonna what's gonna go yet. So. I don't know. As long as I, as long as Paul's health is okay, that's that's our number one concern first. Right, and I think and I, I think you know it was funny to see the reactions. I mean, I did a story about the reactions. Uh, I asked people for reactions, and every one of them, every one of them was very supportive of what Paul had done, and, and you know was very concerned about his health and was glad that there wasn't going to be a question or, you know, uh, he wasn't taking any chances with his health. And that, you know, that in itself was, was really cool to see that people were going to be really, you know, were really smart. I mean, not that you would expect any less anyway, but especially with Paul, I mean, there's this just great love with Paul and I'm sure he's feeling it. You know, he's really feeling the, the love that they've given him about this. So, right. Well, we'll see come July 5th. We will. That what, we will. Uh, that will be like. I certainly will be seeing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I bet you will. Uh-huh. You, you'll be able to give us uh, the first report. How about I sure that? will. There you Speaking go. of reports, 
Speaking of reports, you saw Ringo the other night. Yes, I did. I saw him at uh, the Westbury Music Fair, Westbury, Long Island. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to be seeing him a couple more times, too. So um, really enjoyed the show. I mean, it was no surprise to me. I've seen this band before. He's been with this band for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, they're they're fantastic musicians. Anyone who knows the history of all these musicians, you know, you know how great Greg Raleigh is as a keyboard player with all of his years mm-hmm. with uh, Santana, with Journey. Uh, you got... Um, Richard Page there, who's a fantastic singer, apart from the the bass playing that he does with Mr. Mister. Uh, Steve Lukather is is one of the guitar gods that's out there. Maybe not a household name like like Eric Clapton is, but um, he's done so much studio work and and he's known probably best for his for all of his work with Toto. Right. And then you've got Todd Rundgren, who's you know one of the greatest to me artists that's out there in the music industry. He actually, he, he's actually close to being a legend, you know. If any of them, I mean, he Ringo's Ringo's usually fill, uh, had one of the all stars be somebody that you could probably call legend. I think Edgar Winter was probably that in the last group, uh, in the last set. But in this in this group, it's Todd Rundgren. And yeah. oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's very debatable, right there. I mean, Steve Lukather to people who study guitars. They know the name. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the best that's out there. Yeah, no, he. I, I, I have to say, when I saw the band last year, they were. He was fantastic. He was just. He was. You know, he was superb. Uh, he really uh, made that show really rock hard. Um, that was a great. You know, that was great. And uh, do you? Let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, the usual thing about. Ringo's shows is the sum of the uh, the sum of the band is uh, uh, greater than the parts. You think that's basically still the case? I never think that way. <laughs> I think all these people are great musicians in their own right. You know. And, okay. And I, I really hate that expression to tell you the truth with any do group you, and their you, and their individual they... members, because you know I enjoy seeing each of each of these artists on their own. And when you do that, it's a great showcase for their talents for all that they've done. And um, there are certain artists who I prefer to see solo shows than to see them with a group. But I think that what makes the whole experience, there's so many wonderful aspects of seeing Ringo and the All-Stars. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact that there's something for everybody there. A lot of people are going there mainly to see Ringo. But then you've also got people who are fans of each of the individual artists there that, that are a part of the band. I know a lot of Todd Rundgren fans. You know, I'm a pretty big Todd Rundgren fan myself. I don't so think I've I'm, heard, so. I've heard. <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not amongst the biggest because believe me, there are real fanatics out there that study everything about Todd. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they go there primarily to see Todd, and then they're blown away by the whole experience. And um, you know, every single time I see Ringo in concert, and I could say this about Paul too. There's always someone sitting next to me or behind me that's never seen him before, you know. And then at the end of the concert, they're totally blown away by the experience. You know, mm-hmm. my wife, who went with me to the show um, at Westbury Music Fair just now, she was in the, the ladies' room, and she heard women talking, and it was the first time they went to the show, and they said it's the best concert they ever saw in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes me feel so good. 
And it also, I also feel a little sad for all the people that have never seen Ringo or Paul. And I know that this may come as a shock to probably everyone that's listening or most people. But I always say this. There are more people in this world that have never seen any of the Beatles before than have. I know that mm -hmm. sounds hard to believe, especially with all the touring that Paul's done and, and, and Ringo especially. But there's more people in this world that have never seen them live. And that's really a shame. So those instances now, when they are on, on the road, grab every opportunity that you can. You know, because you don't know how much longer this is going to keep going on. But right. the thing is, it's it's the whole great feeling of seeing a show where all the band members play so well. They all respect each other. They're all having a blast on stage. Todd, in particular, is like a 15-year-old on stage. He's acting like a kid. He's jumping around. He, he does so much stuff, playing around with the audience and jumping and dancing and doing a whole bunch of silly stuff. And playing behind musicians, that's part of the fun. But you, you really get to see how much each of the musicians really like each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the music itself, it, it's never, as Ringo has said since the very beginning, it, it's, it's playing the songs that you know and love. He's not there to give you a history lesson on his life. He's there to play the songs that just about everybody knows, although there's always those few exceptions, I'm really glad that he's still sticking to playing two songs from his most recent album, Ringo 2012. He did the single Wings, which is really an old song from Ringo the Fourth, but he updated that, and he's also doing the song Anthem. And I wouldn't expect the average person in the audience to know those songs at all, but they certainly know the Beatles songs, and they certainly know it don't come easy in Photograph, and, um, and they know just about everything else that all the other artists have done. Who hasn't heard Evil Ways or A Black right. Magic Woman? Um, and uh, real one nice surprise, because I've seen this band now several times, so I know the set list is uh, Oya Kamava was added mm -hmm. into the set list, and that was, that yeah. was nice. Uh, for me, as someone who's extremely spoiled at seeing Ringo and Paul so many times, as I've said many, many times over, the big thrills for me are the changes in the set list. And Ringo, for me personally, doesn't do enough to change his set list. Right. And I wish that he would show a lot more pride in his entire catalog and go deeper into his solo stuff and maybe play some Beatles songs that he hasn't done before, even songs that, that the other Beatles sang lead to. I wish he'd shake it up a little bit, but he's, he's pretty stuck to a formula, and it's a formula that has, that has worked for a long time. And right. just about every single show he does, he sells out. Or it's a near sellout. You know, the only seats that, that were empty uh, in this theater were single seats. Hmm. So when you see something like that, you know that he's doing something right. The fan yeah. in me wishes that he would show more pride in, you know, his, his, the rest of his catalog. But not everybody knows the album cuts or even the songs that used to get airplay that, that don't get airplay anymore. I would right. kill to see him do Snookeroo, a song like that, or A Dose of Rock and Roll, which was actually a single and a top 40 hit. And some people in the audience would know it, but he pretty much sticks to the safe stuff with the exception of, of the two new songs. But the musicianship was fantastic. You can't go wrong with how great Steve Lukather is as a guitar player. Uh, people know the Todd Rungman stuff. Although, I will say, because we talked about this before, when it came to Todd, you're disappointed if he doesn't do Hello, It's Me. 
and he still is not doing Hello, It's Me. He, yeah. He, he did Love I, is the Answer, which is, a, I'm really glad he's doing it, because to me that's that's one of the, the many great songs of his catalog, although he didn't have the hit with it. It was England Dan and John Ford Coley that had a top ten hit with it in the late 70s. But a lot of people know the song, and it's a great song to sing live. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those songs that people can clap their hands and sing the chorus to. And uh, I'm just glad that he, he put a spotlight on that song and has been doing it with this band for the last few years. Yeah, I have to disagree with you about the the sum of the band, because I really think that is the case with, with uh, the All-Stars. I think the sum of the band is greater than the parts, and that's not an insult at all. I think one of the marvelous things about the All-Star band is how well the for- the formula does work. I mean, it essentially started out as a traveling hit parade and has turned into an institution. And I and you have to give Ringo tons of credit for what he's done, you know, and the way he's made it work, because I think it's gone beyond his expectations. Oh, I do uh, give him a ton of credit. But I can tell you, if I had a choice between seeing Ringo and the All-Stars or an all-Ringo show that went on for an hour and a half or maybe up to two hours and he did songs that he's not doing with the All-Stars, I'd rather see an all-Ringo show. Yeah, everybody, people have people have asked, or people have wished that he would go back to Ringo and the Roundheads when he did basically do just, just that. And but if you I, follow what he did with Ringo and the Roundheads, and those shows were about an hour and 15 minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. he did pretty much the same songs that he does with the All-Stars, except mm-hmm. for whatever's on the latest album. Right. You know, so he he still doesn't vary enough, and uh, at least for my taste. But at the same time, I also know what it's like to think, let's be grateful he's doing anything. Oh, sure. You know, so. Oh, sure. One, one other point, though, too, is that somebody on my message board, on my Abbey Road message board, made the point that they wished he would not cut his, uh, he would not deprecate his self he wouldn't be so um, cutting on his albums and say, because only one, you know, here's here's a song uh, from an album that only one of you bought. Yeah, or something. he and, does and that all the time. He does that all the time, and this person said, you know, Ringo, have a little more pride in your work. And I have to kind of agree with him on that one, because, uh, you know, Ringo 2012 certainly didn't sell the way Katy Perry did or Lady Gaga did, but it's a good album. I mean, I it's still on my iPhone, and I'm you know I've been listening to it for you know for was you know since it's been released. Um, I liked it. Um, so well, you know. I can say that about so many of Ringo's solo albums, he really should show more pride in that. But I think he's 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 extremely insecure about his material. He doesn't want it to fall flat with the audience. And even still, you know, and this applies to not just Ringo, but but even with Paul. If there's ever a moment when people get up out of the audience and go to the bathroom, it's with a song that they don't know. It's not a reflection of how good the song is. It's just that, you know, if you need to go to the bathroom, you're going to go during a song that, that you don't know as opposed to one that you will, and that's a favorite of yours. Right. So that's that's just part of what happens in a concert anyway. So, um, no, and, and not only that, but this is something this is something I wanted to, to bring up here and something I've noticed for the last several years, and that is when you go and you see Ringo in concert, you don't even see his CDs on sale. 
I mean, I saw T-shirts, and there were plenty of new Ringo shirts that were on sale. And he's also selling his artwork. And a lot of that, well, all of it is going to charity, his Lotus right. Foundation. And uh, some real nice work there, signed drum heads, all this stuff. But his music, you can't buy. And if you're there at the concert and you hear a new song like Wings or Anthem, and you have it in your head, hey, why don't I check that out? And maybe you're not a fan of downloading, you know, and you want to buy the CD. You come out of the concert, and it's not there. You know, you're losing sales that way. Yeah, that's so, a, no, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Yeah, because everybody else, uh, you know, somebody other, I mean, I when I went to see Yoko, Yoko had her... Her, had her CD there, you know. Um, I don't. Uh, I didn't go. Uh, you know, uh, when I went to see uh, the new number two, they had theirs. Mm. You could buy it. You could buy it there. Um, I'm sure Sean does the same thing with his stuff. Um, and not Paul, to, not to Paul, take away uh, anything from the music itself, but a lot of the sales are impulse buying, mm-hmm. and you're more likely to buy it coming out of the concert instead of waiting a week and saying, "Well, why don't I check it out on Amazon or something." You know, you're more likely to buy it with that in mind coming out of the concert. So Mm -hmm. they really should make an effort to do that. But, you know, Ringo's concerts are not about that. They're about just having a good time, hearing, for the most part, songs that you know and love, and feeling good about it, and seeing musicians that love playing on stage. So it's it's a whole other mindset. When you're in, in this stage of your career where you're not touring to sell your latest CD, and I know that it's been drilled into people's brains for so many years. That's what you do to promote your your work. You got to go out and tour. But you know, at this point, Ringo is selling Ringo. He's not selling his latest CD, for the most right. part. I know he's playing a couple of songs from it, but that's not the purpose of his tour. And uh, you know, you, the thing about Paul, I mean, Paul really went above and beyond to promote new, but. He didn't tour right after the album. Right. You know, he, he, as far as the United States is concerned, I know he played the festivals, Bonnaroo, and he went on, uh, you know, the the TV talk shows like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and all that. But as far as touring the United States with New, he didn't do that right after the album came out. They, well, he they, had he had several dates right after the album came out, but he didn't. But the whole tour, the tour was basically over when New came out. You know, it was pretty close to the end. When new came out, so so I'm just saying that his tour doesn't revolve around necessarily. No, it, it didn't the latest no, it, record. It did not, which is actually kind of a surprise. But at this stage of the game, Paul doesn't Paul doesn't need to. Uh, I mean, he he's a. Let's just say I think enough people know who he is. You know, so yeah. Well, just like with Ringo, if you see Paul in concert, you're there to experience Paul McCartney. You're not mm-hmm. there for a promotion of the new CD. No, no, no pun intended there, but you know, right. you know what I'm saying. Right. No, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Now, Ringo, on the other hand, could probably use a little of the promotion just because. But I mean, if he chooses to, you know, uh, he's not hurting financially, so I'm sure he could. He's pretty secure, and yeah, and he's he's having a good time. He's enjoying life. So you know, what the heck. But uh, now on this very same subject, mm-hmm. right when the tour started and he gave a press conference and and you reported this yourself, Ringo said that he's almost finished with his newest album, but it right. won't be coming out until February. 
Right, now... Because of, because of the 50th anniversary stuff, yeah. Yeah, but I've also said, if you've noticed the pattern, the last few albums that Ringo's put out is usually the first couple of months out of the year. Mm -hmm. There's some strategy behind that because there are fewer releases the first quarter of the year, so maybe, maybe it'll be given a little bit more attention for that reason. But notice that when Ringo does tour, it's usually the summertime. So even if he was to tour next year again, the album will all, already have been several months old. Right. So he's not thinking, I've got to go out there and promote the new CD. He's recording music because he loves to do it. It's for the enjoyment of it. He's touring for the enjoyment of it. And when, when you're doing it for the sheer love of the music, which is at the stage of what, what Ringo's doing and Paul is doing and a lot of veterans are doing, when that's more important than the business of selling CDs and, and hawking your latest product, then, you know, you're living as a musician, and that's what they should be doing. For, just well, for that reason, you know. I think I think you could you could argue that with all this, with all the various things that McCartney is selling, that there is a little more business interest on his end than on Ringo's. But absolutely, Ringo Ringo's having just having a great time, and he does. I mean, again, he doesn't need, he doesn't need to go out and do this. And he and the other thing too is that he could get any probably anybody he wanted to to play with him. But he picks, you know, people he knows and trusts and is having a good time with. So, you know, take from that, you know, uh, you know, you have to give the guy a whole lot of credit for doing that, uh, you know. And not every celebrity musician would do that for sure, you know. Yeah, and part of the joy in seeing Ringo in concert is noticing how much he's enjoying it and also how well the band gels together. I mean, a good part of the show, I just watch Ringo and Greg Bissonette drum together <laughs> mm -hmm. because they really complement each other. They yeah. are so much in sync, you know, and Ringo's laying down the foundation for, for the basic beat and also doing, also doing some nice fills in there. And then, and then Greg flourishes quite a lot, and he's an amazing drummer. And you can just tell how much they both respect each other. So yeah. he's very much an ideal you know, second drummer on this tour. And, uh, you know, all the musicians work so well together. The big surprise to me most of all is that he's kept the same band. And he has never done that from one tour to the next. There's always been some change, even if it's just one musician. So, you know, he must really, I don't know if it's a question of liking them so much as musicians or liking them so much as people or a combination of both. But, uh, you know, this is a great band. They've all been great bands. But uh, for some reason, he wants to stick with, with uh, these guys, and they really work well together. Let me ask you one thing that um, came out in the review of the first couple shows. Did you find that they were more relaxed and more um, uh, they were jamming a little more than uh, than when you saw them before? I think so. I tell you one thing, I mean, with every single tour, I notice how Ringo was more relaxed and joking around on stage. And mm -hmm. there's, there's more ad-libs, I think, from him mm -hmm. than ever before. Yeah. You know that when you see several shows in a row and Ringo says the same thing in his introductions, those obviously are not ad-libs. But there are times when you'll hear something new that you haven't heard in previous tours or in the last show, if you're going to more than one show. At one point, he was imitating Ed Sullivan. 
you know, in, in the oh, show. Oh, really? That yeah. He said, oh, oh, I sound like Ed Sullivan now. You know, he, he just, you know, off the top of his head, he says things, and it, you know, everybody loves him so much, and so many people laugh at what he has to say anyway. He gets away with just about anything. But he hmm. is naturally funny, and he's a really good MC and showman on stage in introducing people and in saying just things to make people laugh and enjoy themselves. Yeah. Or just waving to different sections of the crowd. He knows how to draw that out of people so that they're they're enjoying themselves and and the fans love the fact that he's noticing them. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember um, when I saw them saw him um, several years ago um, at a local winery here. During, with a little help from my friends, I took my water glass and I raised it to you know raised it to salute him. I didn't think he'd seen it, but he did. And he pointed at me, and I, it was like, oh, my God, he actually saw that. Uh-huh. But one other thing I was going to ask, did he do jumping jacks uh, during With a Little Help from My Friends? Sure. Yep. I don't I think I've ever seen a show where he doesn't do jumping jacks during that okay. song. I love when he does that. I absolutely – because it says it says so much about him, number one, that he can actually do that, uh-huh. you know, at his age. I mean, that's – I mean uh, – not every not every uh, seventy seventy uh, year old man at the gym can do that like he does, mm-hmm. but he's uh, he's in great shape. I mean that's just fantastic that he's in such great health at his age. So, yep, I agree. <laughs> so, anyway, um, well that was that was great. I'm glad you I'm glad you have fun. It'd be interesting to see what they what they end up doing if they end up recording it or if he end up, ends up changing the set somewhere down the road. That will be interesting. I hope so. they do, because they all have great material. When when um, when we first saw this band, um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs was "Everybody's Everything" from Greg Raleigh. Right. You know that that song kicked butt in the mm-hmm. band, and they're not doing that now, and they're doing "Oye Como Va," and I love that song too. But um, you know that there's so much other material that all these members can do. And, and, you know, if you know Ty Rungren's catalog, you can point out lots of songs that he could do. Sure. But sure. if you're going strictly by the hits and what has charted, he really only had, in terms of, like, the Billboard charts, I Saw the Light and Hello, It's Me, and Everybody Knows Bang the Drum All Day. Uh, that was a big album cut, and it's been used in, in uh, commercials, TV commercials. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and... and uh, yeah, the, uh, these these uh, these guys can do so much other material, and certainly, obviously, so can Ringo, from his catalog. Right. So. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the way they, the way they take you know what happens if anything happens between now and the end of the tour. They had a long way to go because, like Paul, they added a group of shows uh, in October too. So that's true. And um, as I was, I, I went through, and there was a couple of. For the for the um, adventurous, you can take a Paul Ringo field trip and go see both of them within a couple of days. So that's uh, an interesting idea if you you know if you care to do that. But anyway, it's, it's an interesting time. The yes. fact that they're both touring at the same time in the U.S. Yeah. You know, I don't. We have to look this up. Has that ever happened? <laughs> they, um, they usually space themselves apart. Right. You know, I always remember uh, the very first All-Star Band tour, which was 1989. That's another thing. People that may not know this, this is the 25th anniversary of the All-Star Band. Right. 
Right. That's all. Um, Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm wondering if something's going to happen. Yeah, you know, hopefully they'll do something uh, to celebrate that uh, on the tour. I hopefully. wish that they would put out a book with photos from all the tours because they've had so many great musicians in there, mm-hmm. a few of which have passed on. I think but somebody if, mentioned that to him, and uh, I'm not sure if he's if he's considered doing that or not. But yeah, I, I would hope he would he would do that too, and make it a popular and do not make it a Genesis book, please. <laughs> for for the you know for everybody that can't afford four hundred dollars for a book. But this but, is almost uh, reminding me of 1989 because that was, as I said, the first tour with the All Stars, and that was when Paul came back mm-hmm. and toured the same year. And that you know? and that first All Star band was was a classic. I mean, that was one that was a fantastic tour. It really was. Well, they're all great. But yeah. as Ringo has said, he really padded the lineup there because you, you know you compare the bands now where he'll have four artists with him mm-hmm. plus the drummer in him and the music director. Um, and that first tour, there's a lot of musicians there. Probably six or seven all right. together. Plus Ringo. Plus well, Levon Helm too. Uh, that's one for the uh, one for the memory banks. There we go. Hmm. So okay, so that wraps up our show. If any of you would like to get in touch with us, we have our own email address, which is things we said today radio show at gmail dot com. Steve has a number of ways that you can get in touch with him, and uh, you can you can catch me at beetlesexaminer at gmail dot com, and you can catch me on Facebook under my name. Um, I just wanted to make mention of one thing we we didn't say we didn't talk about mentioning this uh, Ken, but I just to let everybody know I posted on Facebook today. I was uh, at Candlestick today, uh-huh. uh, got to uh, tour the the locker room where the Beatles hung out before the the '66 show, and um, a lot of it has not changed. It's uh, surprising uh, if you remember the Jim Marshall shots. Of the uh, the lockers uh, that where the you know all the clothes were hung up uh, for the at the time it was the San Francisco Giants that were playing there mm-hmm. um, that has not uh, th- those are still there the rug in the locker room has changed but the lo- the rug going out to the hallway down to the field is still the original rug the uh, the lady who did the tour was telling us so we went, we actually walked on the rug the same rug that the Beatles walked on to because we walked out on the field. Wow, and, you were on uh, holy ground there. We were on holy ground, yeah. They have a, it's funny, uh, they did not have the, the uh, you know, they still have the football configuration because the 49ers played there. But they have, they, they, were, they were watering the field and they had a sprinkler roughly at second base where the Beatles were. So, and I walked out there and, you know, and, uh, and walked out to where the sprinkler was, and it was really cool. But now, anyway, were, I, I, were there were there photos in the locker room? No, nothing. Absolutely no mention of the Beatles in the locker room or out on out in the stadium at all. Huh. Nothing. And and the the um, the rug that you talked about that led out to mm-hmm. the field is that it can't be in the same shape. I mean, how old is this rug now? <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those you know one of those rugs that. You know, it's just kind of uh, would endure. It was really a, a, a short, uh, I get a, a short pile rug. It's not a long rug, so it it was made to endure. For example, football cleats and baseball cleats and okay. stuff. So yeah, it looked it looked pretty good. I mean, it, it looked worn 
because they'd been there 50 years, but it was definitely, I mean, it, I mean, they hadn't replaced it. They had replaced the one in the in the visitors' locker locker room where the Beatles were, which I thought was kind of interesting. And the bathrooms were the same because there's the famous shot of John and and Ralph Gleason sitting in front of the bathroom. The bathroom stalls are still the same stalls because we went in and looked because. Um, one of the people who was with me, uh, Michael Frenette, had the had the photos on his phone of the, uh, the candlestick show, and the, he we were comparing, and the bathroom stalls were the same stalls. So, wow. Yep. Yep. So, there we go. <laughs> did Did you use those stalls at all? No, we did, <laughs> we did not. We did we did we did take take photographs, but we did not. Uh, we did not use them ourselves. So there was a woman with us, so it wasn't no. really possible to do that. But uh, you could no. have shared something in common with the Beatles there if you did. There we go. Yeah, because there were women, <laughs> women in the locker room there, uh, I think. But yeah, no. But anyway, so there we go. All right. Very nice. Okay, I didn't mention my website, which I'll do real quickly, which is KenMichaelsRadio.com. Go to it as much as you can. There's trivia every single week. There's prizes that I give away every single week. There's interviews galore on there. There's a new page called More Interviews, which has more interviews with people associated with the Beatles. Most recently, Lawrence Juber, who was a guest on our show. He did a really nice interview with me privately, as did Steve Holly. So if you're in a wings mode these days, check that out the More Interviews page on KenMichaelsRadio.com. You can also go to my Facebook page at Ken Michaels. We have our own Facebook page for things we said today. And you can email me at everylittlething at att.net. I think that covers everything. I think so, too. All right. So thanks to everybody for listening. This is Ken Michaels for Things We Said Today. And I'll see you next time. And this is Steve Marinucci for Things We Said Today saying thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.